Well, hey, everybody, it is Mark Boyle. Um, I was just doing some video editing on my last one about uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg or Buttigieg. Anyway, I'm going to be calling him Pete Wedigig because of his mishandling of uh, Ohio. What's going on there? <clears throat> but today I was I was looking at some stuff and, and I was watching Tucker Carlson last night and uh, we were talking about the 15-minute city. And uh, so I started watching a bunch of videos today on the 15-minute city and how did the 15-minute city become a conspiracy theory. And, and a lot of people are talking about the 15-minute city will be an extenu extenuation of the lockdowns and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that could not be an underlying thought in some of the evildoers of the world, and I'm not talking about the evildoers like Bush was talking about, but the, the, the planning and zoning, uh, League of Cities, um, deep state fuck-ups, that are evildoers. All they want to do is just control everything. But I was looking at it from a different point of view because a lot of the 15-minute city projects are going to be like without cars and, you know, just walk. You can walk or ride a bicycle anywhere in your area, district, whatever they want to call it, uh, in 15 minutes. And I, and I was thinking, well, that sounds kind of nefarious on so many levels. But then when you think about it, like, I remember reading a lot of business articles back in the day when, you know, a lot of street vendors in New York went from business to business, and maybe they were um, knife sharpeners for um, kitchens and, and restaurants or scissor sharpeners for people that stayed at home and actually made their own bucking clothes back in the 20s and stuff like that. So a lot of the, the, the areas in New York and most big cities, um, before they coalesced into this conglomerate of weirdness, um, were kind of like 15-minute cities. People that lived in New York and even parts of California that I visited, you know, they said, well, if you're, you're born here, you pretty much shop here and you work here and you drive around here and you don't really go much farther than that. You know, everything you needed was right there. So it's not a, a, a new concept. Really is not. Now, if they want to bring their evil part of it to this as a, another control mechanism, then, then they probably will. And they're trying to say, well, it'll be a green thing. You know, let's make it green. You know, no cars. So... I guess what, then rip up all the roads and turn them into walking paths? Fuck, I don't know. You know, but my town of four or 5,000 people, you know, when you, when you look around, there's old buildings there, and, and, and you'll ask one of the local people, you know, it's like, oh, that's a cool building, you know. Uh, I'd make a neat something or another. And they're like, yeah, that used to be the, the local market, you know, and, and it was, you know, it wasn't a supermarket or a super Walmart, but it was a market. You know, they had the milk, the eggs, the meat, you know, some cereals, some things, you know, some shelf items like thread and stuff. But, you know, if you were really going to be into sewing, then you, you went to a sewing store 
where they had patterns and materials and scissors and needles and threads and sold the occasional sewing machine and, and stuff. And then if you, if you wanted, you know, something else like a, a TV, you didn't go to the, the market to get a TV or even a radio. You went to, you know, Radio Shack or, you know, which is more recent or, or Western Auto or, you know, whatever little hardware store. And then down the street, they might have an RCA store that just sold TVs and, and radios and stuff. And everything was right there in your little community. Now, you know, government is like, well, we need to, we need to fuck that all up. And so they did. And, and really what kind of caused the, the, the bastardization of the old time 15 minute cities was work, you know, and, and jobs and, and people having to work, you know, two and three jobs to make ends meet because of overly taxation and stuff. But, uh, so then you had to drive farther. And so cities became bigger and bigger. And then, you know, people didn't have time. But in, in all reality, I think, you know, most of us wouldn't mind. And still today in parts of New York and California and big cities, even like in, in Phoenix and, and the, the surrounding valley, you know, which is to me all of Phoenix, but there's Scottsdale, Mesa, Tempe, uh, Glendale, Peoria, all these little towns that have morphed into one big giant valley of the sun because it's, you know, all these towns, as they grew, they got closer to other ones. And now, you know, you go on one side of, uh, you know, McClintock Avenue and you're in Scottsdale, you go to the other side and you're, you know, Phoenix or Mesa or Tempe, you know, so they merged by just growth, you know. And, and so they still you know, kind of, you know, people in Mesa, you know, pretty much work in Mesa if they can, and they, they shop locally. They might go to the Walmart because they're like three, four miles apart nowadays. But people don't really always like to travel. So, you know, but the 15-minute city concept is not new, and it's really not a conspiracy thing, except when you factor in the evil people like, you know, Klaus Schwab and them that want to rule everything, you know, so they want to do away with cars. Well, personally, I could, I could, you know, walk or ride my bike anywhere in town, but, you know, I run to Ace and, you know, in my local 15-minute area and, and buy some two-by-fours. I'm not going to carry them around on my fucking bicycle. So I, I like the idea, don't get me wrong, of the 15-minute city. I think it's it's a returning to the old ways, which is a good thing. And, you know, smaller markets, when I grew up in, in you know, South Tucson, it wasn't technically South Tucson, but South Tucson. And, you know, we had the, we, we used to call them, the, you know, the, the Chinese market, you know. And, and you'd go in there and they, they had, you know, it was a market. It was four or five aisles and they had pretty much everything you needed, you know, if you wanted to get a loaf of bread, they had it, you know, two or three kinds, maybe even they had milk, you know, in, in neighborhood, one neighborhood I lived in, in Tucson, you know, they actually had milk machines, like vending machines, like pop machines at, at some of the street corners where you could pull up and put in, you know, 50 cents and, and get a gallon of milk. And it was, it was kind of cool. You know, it's like, I didn't need to go to the store because I didn't have time or I'd forgot. So, you know, the kids needed milk for breakfast in the morning. I would stop on the way home, grab that, and boom. You know, if it was late at night because I'd been working late. So 
it's it's not a bad idea. Um, and and as far as the, you know that they're trying to incorporate this into the green movement nowadays, and you know, people control because that's what fucking assholes do. Um, I, I I'm not really too concerned about driving my 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 car across town for 15 minutes to go to a lumber store or something like that, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not putting a, a thousand miles a week on my car. Like I used to do when I traveled to LA and stuff. So I'm still saving green money, you know, which is what I care about. So I don't really want to drive all the time. I, I like, you know, going outside my house, walking down, talking to the neighbor, you know, I don't even mind going, you know, like, uh, a quarter mile down the street to check my mail. I, I really don't. I like meeting people and stuff. So I, I, I think they've taken this 15-minute city project or whatever, which is mostly going on in Europe right now and in, in England and stuff. And you can watch some videos on YouTube about it happening here in, in America and stuff. But the, the, but the reality of it, I, I, I pulled up some things here, but I didn't couldn't find what I want. But like Forbes is talking about it and Economic Forum uh, website, um, you know, these 15-minute city things, fast check, false claim, 15-minute city planned by USA Today. So that's the whole conspiracy theory fucking thing there is what they're, they're alluding to. So is it a conspiracy theory um, from that group of people? Yes. As far as me and, and you and our life, and would it be simpler to be able to just walk down to the, you know, to the little market and, and grab a loaf of bread and some eggs? I mean, we don't really shop nowadays in America, you know, month to month, you know, except people that go to Costco and stuff. So most people will stop at the store and they will buy that night's food or dinner and maybe something for breakfast. And, and then do it over. You know, they want to grab their food every day on the way home from work. So having a market down the street really wouldn't be that fucking awful, you know, especially if they had the, the basics. And the basics that we need in life are really, you know, poultry and dairy and some meat and some vegetables. And most of these small markets had, you know, local vegetables grown right there in the fucking community during the season. So no, you couldn't go get, you know, strawberry and bananas and make a smoothie in the dead of winter because those weren't indigenous and growing in your area. But a lot of the markets still would try to bring them in. Was it a little more expensive? Sure. But I hear people all the time say, well, I'd pay $15 for a head of lettuce if we were paying people to pick them, whatever. But here, here's your chance. Um, so it, it, there's probably always a big conspiracy going on in the background by evil people that we don't know and probably don't like. And, and if we you know, ran them over by accident, we probably wouldn't even stop and check on them because they're, they're fuck-ups. But the actual concept, the idea of a 15-minute city is not really a bad idea. And it, and it, and it plays into the old, uh, you know, the 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 end of the world industries that I was talking about and, you know, and prepping for those things. It's like, you know, if you could make, you know, toilet paper, cause you, you know, how, you know, whatever reason, um, you know, then, then you could supply that local market and, and you're not going to get rich, but you're not going to starve either. But if we're, if we're not trying to level up constantly and become the next Colgate or Palm Olive, and we're just happy, you know, living well, then that's all we care about. And, and, 
and when our economy falls on its face, which it's soon to do, um, you know, getting by and having food for your family is all that really matters. I mean, none of the farmers or the ranchers uh, went hungry during the Great Depression. They might not have had a brand new pair of shoes, but they didn't need them. And, and, and I'd imagine they could have bartered more and got them if they wanted them. But even during that time frame, people were not into the whole uh, home industry, you know, so they were still buying shoes, you know, in catalog, mail order catalogs and stuff. So these problems could have been solved, you know, through a small manufacturing group in your area. And and I was thinking today, I was talking to my, my dad a long time ago when he, you know, because he laid carpet and, and floor covering back in during the Great Depression. And he said he was making six, seven hundred dollars a week during the depression. I was like, holy shit, that, you know, back then that was a lot of money. Even today, that would be pretty good money for, you know, somebody starting out. And uh, he said what he was doing is, you know, back in that era of time when carpet first became kind of popular and was, you know, being installed wall to wall, which is what that meant, wall to wall carpet. It wasn't a rug. Uh, It came in boxes. So. The pieces were 27 inches by six feet and they came in, in cardboard boxes. And then my dad had a, a machine, which was called the hurdy-gurdy machine, actually, that would sew those pieces together and then you'd make a big room out of that. And, and it seems fucking weird, but that's how they did it. And so what he did in, in during the Depression, is he had a lot of friends in the hotel business <clears throat> And so he would go around to him and say, look, I can take out these 10 rooms in this hotel that are worn out. And underneath your beds and your dresser, there's these pieces of carpet that are brand new. And we'll, we'll take out 10 rooms. We'll, we'll piece all those good pieces together and make, you know, four or five really good rooms brand new again and reinstall them. And then you just buy new carpet for the other rooms. And so he, he would buy it from him. And so it, it was kind of like a side gig, you know, really, you know, back then when carpet was that size and stuff, it was easy to do. And he had the machine to to sew them up and, and down in the basement. So he'd bring all those pieces down in there, tear them, cut them all apart, you know, clean them. Most carpets were made out of nylon back then, which was very easy to clean or even wool, which it, was, it never wore out. So they could clean it all up, put it back together, put it in there and done and done and made really good money. So that was kind of a, a side hustle that he had back during the depression that was making him a shit ton of money. So we can do it now too. There's things we can do. Um, we're getting more and more pissed off at China. And because China has now agreed to sell uh, Russia drones for this imaginary war in Ukraine that everyone's so fucking freaked out about, that now the United States is thinking about sanctions on China. Oh, that's, that's a great fucking idea. What, are we going to stop buying their, their aspirin and their pharmaceuticals and their uh, medical supplies and all that just because we're mad at them because they're, they're selling Russia drones? I mean, how many people get mad at us when we're selling everybody fucking everything from nuclear weapons all the way to Patriot missiles? Did anyone freak out? In, in Palestine and sanction us when we started selling Israel the Iron Dome parts and, you know, all these these interceptor missiles and, and F-18s and stuff. No. But, you know, fucking China. 
selling to Russia, that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing because we see that we are slipping from that hegemony, dominant power of control and manipulation to being relegated to, you know, the corner of the room. We're being handed our hat and shown the fucking door. And this is taking maybe a year or two, but eventually we're going to be standing outside in the cold with our hat in hand wondering what the fuck. So this is why I push for this, you know, side hustles and, and industry, making things and building things. I'm putting a new roof on my barn because the old one's 100 years old and it's fucking falling down. And, and then I, I'm going to be able to turn that into a small factory to where I can make furniture or whatever I like doing. I can do welding. I can do things there and I have all my tools and stuff to do shit. And so it's important that we start doing it. And even if the world does not end and everything is hunky-dory and America remains the hegemony dicks that we are for the next 50 years and you grow old knowing that you can always buy, you know, little trinkets and baubles from China, then great. And $100 TVs and you know, smartphones because once we sanction them, you won't be able to get your fucking phones or your Nikes from China anymore. And nobody's going to be able to step up that quick and do it for us. And we're going to be so broke that nobody's going to want them anyway because can't afford it. You know, so China will just flip to India. They're the fucking big customer. And I have said this for years. When China realizes how to start that economic engine of theirs, when they really figure out like we did in the 20s and the 30s when we just went from a nation of getting by farming and, you know, these small cities and stuff like that to industrial powerhouse. It was because guys like Ford said, I'm going to pay my people enough money to buy the cars that they create. And so we were our own customer for 20, 30 years almost. We were our biggest manufacturer of the products we needed and because our economy was strong we could afford them china is doing that now china has pulled 20 percent of their population out of poverty which means they're making good money and wanting to buy cars and tvs and smartphones which they already have so 20 percent of their population is more than the population of the united states in the 20s and 30s and look how good that helped us out so they're learning hey we not only can sell to ourselves, which is fucking financial masturbation, basically, but we can sell to India and Russia. We have huge population bases right in our backyard where shipping costs is dick to get this stuff to them, especially India that's got like more people than China almost. So we're being shown the door and, and our politicians are not smart enough or they don't care enough about you and I to actually go, we need to, we need to back out of some of the stupid shit we're doing or we're going to be fucked. Nope, they're full speed ahead. So you need to look at it and go, what are they going to do tomorrow? Well, they're going to continue full speed ahead. Does America politics have a reverse gear? No, it's straight ahead. And China and Russia are just doing what they do. They're just like, look, all we want to do is make money and, 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 and fucking beat our families. That's it. That's all they've ever wanted to do. You know, if, if China wanted to invade Russia, they could. They'd just fucking move across the border. Done and done. If Russia wanted to take over Europe, they could. 
fuck, we've seen that in the last year with this Ukraine war. They just pound them into the dirt and take it. So we're seeing things in the wrong way. And our politicians are allowing us or force-feeding us this shit about how fucked up we are. And, and, and we're, we're letting them go full speed ahead off of the cliff and, and in the name of hegemony, which we're, we're going to lose. It's just, we are going to lose. doesn't matter how much spirit and hope and, and, and fans we have in the stands. If we're a varsity fucking college team up against an NFL Super Bowl team, we're going to fucking lose. And we can sing and cheer and high-five each other all the fuck we want. And at the end of the day, we will get our asses handed to us because we're not at that level anymore. Used to be, we're not anymore. So I'm, you know, thinking that these um, 15 minute cities are really a good idea. It's coming from people with an agenda, but if you and I embrace it in a different way and do our own fucking thing, which is what Russia's doing, they're like, hey, you guys play all the games you want. Meanwhile, we're just taking care of our people. Well, if you just take care of yourself and your family and your community and we embrace this 15-minute city idea and let cities do it without getting rid of the cars and stuff, who the fuck cares? Because I can walk down the street in my neighborhood when I was a kid in my fucking neighborhood. I could walk down and there was like a there was like a little store that sold craft shit and stuff and it wasn't in an industrial area it was like this guy's house that had a like an old Quonset hut you know and he and he sold stuff and we kids we'd stop and buy bees and shit and and do those braided like flat stuff where you braided it and you made keychains and whatever the fuck and and and, and that was in my neighborhood I could I could walk three blocks in the other way and there was a daycare. wasn't a kinder care. It was just some lady making money, taking care of kids. And there was, you know, Ming's Market, Chinese Market. Ming eh, might have been Chinese Market. We called them Chinese Market. So I guess they were from China. Fuck if I know. And right there in a neighborhood, they had taken their house and built it bigger, lived on top, and had a market underneath it on a side street in a fucking neighborhood. This was great. I could walk down there and, and take in all the pop bottles I'd scavenged you know, on the way home from school and trade them in for three, four cents a piece and, and buy a candy bar or whatever. So it's, it, it's a good thing when you think back. If you're old enough to think back and remember those times, it really wasn't bad. Now, what we'll need to be awake and alert and coherent is, is in the, in the, you know, World Economic Forum kind of sense to where they want to control us and all that. But see, if we get control of our homes and our towns and our and our people and our counties, then it, it, we have a lot of force because if everyone is doing that around the world or you know or at least in America, and they're like, this isn't that bad. Fuck you guys. Take your federal government, shove it. You know, maybe, I, maybe. So anyway, I love you guys. Hope this helped out a little bit. You know, it's a different way of looking at this 15-minute city project because. You know, I heard about that last night on Tucker Carlson, and I thought, you know, I'm going to look this up. And sure, there's a lot of scare out there, and it's become part of the conspiracy thing. And, and, and that's not like it's become a conspiracy theory. It's just the media is marketing it as a conspiracy, so they call it random voltage or whatever when 
the media just starts talking about shit, and then and it's not even fucking happening right now. But then people start talking about it, and then they can start moving the needle one way or the other. But if if you just look at it as a simple thing, you know, it's not a bad idea. You know, people thought fucking the automobile was a horrible idea and that you would die if you went over 35 miles an hour. I mean, the physics of going 35 miles an hour would, would tear you apart. You would, you'd fucking die. And they thought about that as the sound barrier. You know, you can't go faster than the sound barrier. Well, now we do. So this is a good concept going back to square one and the zero and, and the small cities and the 15 minutes or whatever they want to call it. But if my neighborhood or my little community of, you know, whatever, a couple miles one way or the other in the business district and then homes and stuff, um, yeah, I could, I could walk around. I could, I could do shit. I could manufacture stuff and put it in my pickup truck and drive down to the local, you know, little Goodman's Market or whatever it's called, Bob's Market or Sherry's Craft Store, and, and, and do that. And I'd, I'd be fine. I'd be making probably as much and living a better lifestyle, having more shit than I need now. We think we need all this shit, but we fucking don't. I mean, really, if you live that way, if you really live that way in a 15-minute city, would you need a cell phone? Like, when I talk to Bob, just walk over his house. He lives next door. You know, would you need all of this stuff that they say you need? You know, maybe not, so... It, it's it, have we allowed technology to get the cart in front of the horse basically because we think we need technology to pull the cart but really we don't so anyway I love you guys all and, and I hope you, this helped a wee little bit talk to you later bye bye we've made too many compromises already too many retreats we invade our space and we fall back I'm your huckleberry the line must be drawn here. This far, no further. That's just my game.